Welcome to the DPI Podcast. Today's episode is a special edition where we're talking to Peter about his Disney World vacation and the logistics that went into planning a vacation for eight people. This is the DPI Podcast, brought to you by Princesses and the Mouse, Disney Travel. Hey everyone, it's Matt with the DPI Podcast, and we're here with Peter. Just got back from his Disney World vacation with his family about a week ago, so we wanted to do a special edition and just kind of go over some of the things that he did and some of the logistics he went through on this vacation. So, Peter, kind of start us off. How did you get down there this time? Well, this time we decided to try a new resort that we've never tried before, and we decided to stay at the campsites at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. So Fort Wilderness Resort has campsites, it has tent sites all the way up to your largest RVs, and then it also has a whole bunch of cabins up in the front. So if you want the camping experience, but more of a grounded, uh, you know, a grounded lodging, or you don't have a camper available to you, um, you can rent a cabin at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort as well. And because we decided to go down there, I do have a a 32 foot travel trailer so of course we said hey let's go ahead and stay at fort wilderness my in-laws were going as well they also have a they have a fifth wheel trailer so we decided to get campsites and so going down this time was with a 32 foot trailer back behind my truck towing it all the way down the thousand miles down to walt disney world so being at basically a campsite, go through a few of the amenities that they had there for the people that were bringing down their their pool behinds, their tow behinds, or people that are just going to go down there and tent camp. What is available to them? We were in the deluxe sites because my in-law's fifth wheel is one of the larger campers out there. So the individuals, when I was booking this reservation, recommended going to the deluxe site because the deluxe site is a full concrete pad from start to finish it was probably about 50 feet long from front to back it was about say probably about 15 feet wide it it was just a really big concrete slab and i even saw somebody towards the later part of my vacation had a tent on one of those sites Um, but but they have a whole bunch of different sites ranging from what i would call like a basic tent site where it's pretty much you have a driveway area and then you basically have a giant timbered in sand area that you can set your tent on, um, which the sand would obviously make for a nice comfortable sleeping surface if you put your tent up there. And then they slowly work their way up, gravel into concrete pads, concrete pads with grass off the side, concrete pads like my site, which was almost entirely concrete pad with some trees on both sides. So you kind of work your way up from what are designed to be tent sites into sites that are meant to be small, you know, towables, pop-ups, small travel trailers, things like that, up until you get to the sites where I was on, which are designed to be your longer fifth wheels, your big RVs, and everything else like that. So pretty much a standard campground in terms of the different sites that you could choose from, Um, although all of them seem to be closer to like full hookup. And if you're an RVer, you know what I mean when I say full hookup. 
the tent sites were really the only ones that seemed to be water and electricity. All the trailer sites seemed to be full hookup. And the campground was laid out into a whole bunch of different rings. And so like we were in the 500 ring of campsites and there's, you know, the 500, the 700, the 1800, the 2400, there's all these different rings of sites and approximately every two rings would share a bathhouse. So that bathhouse is going to be exactly what you would expect to find at a standard campground, but just like bigger and just way nicer. It was really cool over at the bathhouse. There was a little ice dispenser where for $2 you swipe or put your $2 in and then it would dispense about seven pounds of ice. So you didn't have to like go out to the gas station or anything else like that. It was just, you know, a hundred feet away from your campsite. You could go get your ice. Um, laundry facilities were there. Some vending was there and then women's and men's room. And inside of the men's room, I would say there's about three stalls, about four or five sinks. And then back behind down the hallway, there's about four showers that were pretty standard, you know, pretty decent sized shower. Didn't have to worry about low clearance or anything else like that. I always, even though I have, you know, a full bathroom in my camper, the shower, because I'm six foot tall, which isn't really tall by any stretch of the imagination, but standing in my tower, my head is in the skylight. So I always like to use the bathhouses and Disney's bathhouses at Fort Wilderness were just impeccably maintained just really really nice but all of the amenities that you would expect to see expect that is that at this campground as well in terms of the layout of the campground the campground is laid out into what i realized are three distinct areas all kind of down this main road from the front building where you check in down to the docks that are the only way to get to magic kingdom and the front is called the outpost and the outpost has the front office. So you have the concierge and all of that. It's where you check in, but then it's where all the buses leave out of. And there are no buses to Magic Kingdom, but there are internal buses that all leave from the outpost, go through the outpost, and then all of the other parks, Disney Springs and everything, leave out that outpost as well. Uh, then sort of in the middle down the road is the meadows. The meadows is where the big pool is, nice water slide, nice splash pad, tennis courts, all sorts of little activities, campfires, movies, sing-alongs, all of that great stuff all happens at the meadows. And then the meadows also has a quick service dining area as well as a big shop where you can get provisions, do a little bit of shopping and utilize your snack credits. And then all the way down by the docks, is the settlement and the settlement is where there's another bus depot there so the buses basically leave the outpost travel their route and then stop at the settlement and then travel their route in reverse so depending on what campsite loop you're on you have a different route that you're supposed to be on there's a yellow loop a purple loop and a and a orange loop as on the yellow loop that doesn't really matter though and down at the settlement is where hoop de doo review is and then just past Hoop-de-doo, there's a quick service, there's a bar, and there's a sit-down buffet-style restaurant. And then there's also a um, big shop down there as well where you can, again, collect those provisions, use those snack credits, all of that stuff. I don't like the Mickey candy and everything like that. And then there's the boat dock, and the boat dock has two service lines. One goes directly to Magic Kingdom, 
The other one goes to Contemporary and Wilderness Lodge. If, for example, us on the very first night when we got there, we all went down to the boat dock and rode the boat over to Contemporary because I booked us a Chef Mickey at 8.30. And when we arrived, we asked if we could be sat on the, the far ledge overlooking Magic Kingdom. So the very first night of our vacation, as we had just gotten down there, I had towed the camper, you know, 18 hours over the last 26 hours and got down there and uh, we got to sit down at Chef Mickey's and overlook the fireworks while we were enjoying our meal and, and meeting, you know, Mickey and Minnie and Donald and Goofy and Pluto. Uh, great time. Great time. Sorry, so no Donald. Pluto and Goofy <laughs> and Mickey and Minnie. <laughs> I, uh, I love Chef Mickey's. Um, so you went down there with a few family members. You went down there with your parents and you went down there with your wife's parents. You know, talk to me about the logistics of scheduling out that many people down there. So in all reality, you had, what, eight people that you were scheduling meals and everything for. So yeah. logistics, how did that go? I would not recommend a Disney novice to try to do what I did is the first thing that I would say <laughs> to people listening to this. Um, if you're going to try and take something on like this, boy, you should you should get some help um, or know what you're doing or just schedule everybody the exact same itinerary the whole time. Because what I had was my parents were there and my parents were a little more gung-ho into the parks. My wife's parents were there, but they were there to enjoy the vacation with us, but they only had three park days. And in those three park days, they, they were just really, they're snowbirding. So they were just trying to get their camper down to Florida because they're staying in Florida from December through uh, April. So they were just trying to get their camper down there. So they only went to the park three days. And when they went, it was just like a different feel. Like my parents were willing to park hop. Her parents, not really. We just sort of like, here's the park we're going to today. And uh, so it, it, it was tough. It was challenging, but it was really fun. I really enjoyed the planning process. Um, day one, we all went to Magic Kingdom together. Day two, in-laws had off. My parents and my family went to Hollywood Studios together. Day three, my kids stayed back with my in-laws at the campground. Um, I went to Epcot with my parents. And then we met them for the hoop-de-doo and did the first, we did the four o'clock in the evening hoop-de-doo so that we could immediately board a boat and go over to the not-so-scary party. Um, next day, my parents took the kids and I went with the in-laws to Epcot to enjoy food and wine festival with them. Next day, my kids and I, with my wife, went to Magic Kingdom in the morning. And then we went to Epcot. My wife and I had a dinner scheduled we handed the kids to my parents who took the kids to the luau. And then my wife and I, after dinner in Mexico, hopped the Skyliner over to Hollywood Studios, spent an hour in Oga's Cantina, and then went on, which is where I did that live, was with my wife sitting in Oga's Cantina, and then went on Smuggler's Run and just sort of like enjoyed the park closing before going back to the campground and getting our kids back from our parents who were just bringing them back from the Polynesian because they took the monorail to Magic Kingdom and the boat back to the campground after they were done. Um, last day, we went to Animal Kingdom, all eight of us, 
and then went over to Epcot, all eight of us, to go to Beer Garden together, which was fun because I've been to Beer Garden a lot. It's one of my favorite restaurants, but they sit you family style. So if you go in with four, they're going to put another two or four with you. Well, we had eight, so we had a full table, which was super, super cool to just kind of like fill up a whole table at, at the Beer Garden restaurant. And uh, then the tropical storm Hector was coming, so kind of threatened our night and cut our night short. We were looking forward to watching Epcot forever. Unfortunately, we weren't able to do that. We were saving Epcot forever to be like our cherry on top at the end of our vacation, and we ended up bailing and heading back to the camper as um, Hector, I think it was Hector, um, whatever. There was a tropical storm made landfall on Friday as uh, we were kind of getting done with our vacation. And then the tropical storm was there, but as we were sitting there, we realized that we forgot to get a whole bunch of um, souvenirs and my son's lightsaber stopped working because there was a wiring issue in the chassis. So I spent $200 on a paperweight. So 5 a.m. Saturday morning, it's downpouring. Here I am walking out of my camper with a lightsaber slung over my shoulder, headed towards early magic hours of of Hollywood Studios to go get my lightsaber fixed first thing in the morning as there's torrential downpour and then I went from there over to Magic Kingdom to get the rest of the shopping done and then I rode a boat back over. I was back in my camper by 9 a.m. to pack up and head out after just slushy footing it through Disney World by myself from 6 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. And then you brought all that rain back up here with you. Yeah, I drove through it the whole stinking way on the way back. It <laughs> rained on me consistently from the more the moment I woke up that morning all the way until I was in Nashville <laughs> heading back up to Indiana and getting on 65 for the for the last five hours of the drive but yeah really fun um, lots of logistics but me being a seasoned Disney person I was able to precisely tell everybody where to go everybody had their own dining plans there was there were some reservations that were the eight of us. There were some reservations that were six of us, four of us. My in-laws had reservations at Disney Springs on the same night that my parents took the kids to the luau. And Jesse and I had reservations in Mexico. My in-laws had reservations at Raglan Road in Disney Springs. So, like, yeah, it's, it's all one of, those, of the logistics. It's one of those things, you know, I did that trip a couple of years ago and brought in a bunch of the in-laws. And, you know, it's one of those things that you just kind of got to sit down and you got to plan out. And, you know, I'm a big spreadsheet person. You may not be a big spreadsheet person, but it's something you've got to figure out and, and figure out how it all looks. So you're like me when you go down to the parks. You always try and do something new, something that's, you know, you, you've never done before. What was your favorite new thing to do this trip? I had never done the hoopty doo review because as I was like planning things, it's a two dining credit. And so that like kind of steered me away. It's really not all that expensive though. It's like $50, $55 for kids and adults, which is also why I didn't want to use two credits to just go for $50, $55 because I can order a $50 steak for one credit at a lot of, of the nicer restaurants. So um, we decided to do that since we were staying at Fort Wilderness. That was the other reason I had never done it before because, well, why am I going to go all the way to Fort Wilderness? when I've got all these other things in the parks to do. Hoopty Doo was just so much fun. I, I just, I cannot explain how absolutely ridiculously side-aching, laughing, 
fun the Hoopty Doo musical review is. Um, it's a great experience. The kids get into it. My daughter was enthralled the entire time. My nine-year-old was I- intrigued and excited. Um, it's it's so fun. It's so refreshing. The food's good. It's just down home cooking. You get um, you get you get some fried chicken and you get some ribs. You get some corn. You get some mashed potatoes. You get some baked beans. They throw it all in front of you. You just it all gets it's so funny because it all just gets thrown down in buckets like you just get a bucket of fried chicken thrown at your table it's it's just a lot of fun um another really cool thing about it i if you're you're like this um sangria and beer on limited refills so that was that was pretty nice to just be able to sit down for a meal and I think I had about five yinglings while I was sitting there enjoying myself and so yeah so just like the luau the luau's like right. that now yeah yeah so it was so to that, like, once I realized, like, oh, alcoholic beverages are unlimited. Oh, okay, two dining credits. I can kind of get that if I'm going to have, you know, three, four beers. That's over the course of the two, two-and-a-half-hour dinner show. I, I get that now. And um, that, that was just a lot of fun. In addition to that, the other thing that we did that we had never done before was my wife and I, when we went back that Thursday night, as I was riding the Skyliner, I was pounding the app trying to get in Oga's Cantina, and I got one. And then when we got over there, we looked at Ogus Cantina, and there were like three people in line. So I just walked up and said, hey, I have a reservation. Can I get in early? They're like, you can wait in the standby line. By the time we checked in in the standby line, they were seating us. Um, Ogus Cantina was really cool. It's a little off-putting because they have spots. Whether they're standing or sitting, they have spots. And if you go in with a party of six and the spot fits eight, two more people will join you. And you kind of saw that in the live. I showed you that little girl's drink. That was not my daughter. Yeah, you had that family from Denver, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So there was there were two families from Denver that were on vacation together at Disney World, and one of them was a travel agent. And they, we walk in, and there's these two little stools next to this big table with a huge booth. And the lady goes, "Here are your seats." And we just sort of look at these other people. And we're like, "Okay." And we, but it was great. We got to meet them, and then you only get uh, you only get an hour in August Cantina before they kick you out. Mm-hmm. So um, they had been in there about twenty minutes when we got there. So then they left, and two more families came in while we were. So we got to meet some different people. The drinks are amazing. I had the um, fuzzy tauntaun. It has numbing bubbles. I, and the only way to describe this to you is my lips fell asleep while I was drinking this drink. Which was so off-putting and unique and amazing, which again just like builds the Disney experience that I'm off-world at this special. Wherever will you go on Earth and have that drink that puts your lips to sleep? Like it was just, it was really, really cool. It was a really fun experience. the The DJ was fun. The bartenders were interactive. When different songs came on, they would like lead the bar in different chants and. It, it was just a really cool, really fun experience. So those were two. I probably did some other new things, but those are two that, wow, those really stuck out as two really cool things making that trip worthwhile. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, Disney moment. You have one of those every trip that you're going to remember for a long time. What happened on this trip that was kind of your Disney moment? Um, kids had a blast. My parents had a blast. Um, We had some amazing memories. So I look back at all the photos and I just see all the fun times we were having, um, all of the great memories. 
two things stick out in my mind specifically. Um, because my parents were there, the night after the not so scary, my parents took the kids in the morning and took them to Animal Kingdom with just the four of them. Had a great day, had a lot of fun. Um, my in-laws, my wife and I, went to Epcot and enjoyed the Food and Wine Festival. No kids. We had a dining reservation in Via Napoli at like 6 o'clock. We got to Epcot at like 10. Rode a couple of rides waiting for Showcase and Food and Wine to start at 11. But we just had so much. Some of the food that I ate was just mind-blowing. Um, we had basically from 11 to 3 o'clock in our itinerary to slowly walk our way around the World Showcase. And then we had a dinner reservation at 6. So I set like between 3 and 4 o'clock to be the time that we should be done having snacks. So we basically from 11 to about 3.30 slowly walked around the entire World Showcase having and sharing appetizers and drinks from all of these different cultures all around the world. Some of the bites of food that I had are the best bites of food I've ever had in my life. Um, there are a couple. There was a there was a blackberry cheese souffle. Remarkable. It was, it was absolutely remarkable. Um, and then over in Germany, there was a noodle grad that was just fantastic. There was it was fantastic, and that's. That's just me sitting here trying to like rack my mind through the 40, 50 things I ate during, <laughs> I mean, I had a fantastic steak from this um, taste of fire, taste from fire, this, this ESPN sponsored booth. That one was really witty and fun because they had a bunch of ESPN anchors quote the menu items as though they were like athletic teams. They, they were like, oh yes, the blue cheese. You know, the, the blue cheese in this really makes a strong push for MVP considerations. And like, it, it was just really clever and really witty and really fun. Uh, so that was a great experience. Uh, the other big thing on this trip was my daughter is finally 44 inches. And for those of you that know Disney, 44 inches is where Space Mountain, Expedition Everest, and Flight of Passage kick in as, as tiers. So my daughter was 44 inches. During the not so scary party, we rode Space Mountain pitch black. And it was the first time my four-year-old, 44-inch daughter had ever ridden Space Mountain. That's setting you up for failure there. We get off. No. Yeah, right. We get off of it. And my daughter goes, that was awesome. Let's do it again. <laughs> We're walking out. There's this other girl, probably about seven, maybe eight. Freaking out. Mom's about to take her out of the line. Dad's begging her to go on. I walk up to her with my daughter. And I go, hey, sweetie, this is my little girl. Addie, did you like the ride? Yeah, it was awesome. And the, the little seven-year-old goes, okay. And just like you watch like the courage mount and she steps back in line. And <laughs> dad looks at me with like these huge appreciative eyes and goes, thank you. Like, <laughs> so like that's a, that was a huge moment. Um, the other huge moment we have a photo and I'll put it on the, if we do a blog of this, I'll put this photo on or when I go back into these audios and, and scrub them up with, with video and, and my daughter wrote Expedition Everest for the first time. And 
they take the photo, you go backwards, they hold you, then they take the photo as you start going forward and go down the biggest drop of the ride. <laughs> my daughter's eyes, when you went over that drop, my daughter's eyes could not have gotten bigger than they oh, were. She looked, she, she looked terrified. <laughs> yeah. but then, so she looks terrified, right, in that photo. And we're, we drop down that drop. We're zipping around the backside of Expedition Everest. And my little girl's sitting next to me. And all she goes is, wow, oh, wow, wow. Just talking about Expedition Everest now. Like, like all she could muster was, wow, this amazing ride that she's on. So um, those are the reasons why you do it. Those Because my daughter's still four inches away from going on anything meaningful at Cedar Point and Kings yeah, Island yeah, and yeah. Six Flags. And she's she's 10 inches away from going on the big, big rides. And she's going on these awesome rides and getting these experiences because Disney's so family-oriented. They have all these rides that kick on at all of these heights that in other theme parks would probably be either. They've designed it so that it's safe for smaller heights or they've just been aware of the fact that we could have all these different height requirements to get more kids on faster, having all these amazing experiences. Just so much fun, so much fun. So closing it out, um, one takeaway that you had from the trip, you know, if you are talking to somebody that's thinking about, hey, I want to take my whole family down there, do this big family trip, you know, what are you going to tell them? Plan early. Be meticulous in your planning and be prepared to know that herds move slow. Yeah, you're only as fast as the slowest person in your group. Yeah, and we were rolling with eight people, two mobility scooters, and a stroller because, you know, both my, my mom is. You're like a couple elephants away from the parade for Prince Ali. Yeah. My mom, you know, my mom's mid, mid 50s. Um, kind of failing knees my my mother-in-law really bad back um, again pushing up there towards high 50s and uh and so yeah they they decided to get mobility scooters which absolutely i don't know if they could walk miles and miles and miles around the park my four-year-old is just small enough to still fit in a stroller so why am i going to torture her legs asking her to walk miles and miles so we got to animal kingdom on Friday morning at probably about 9.30. Fast pass at 10.30. I wanted to be at the fast pass right as it started at 10.30. We got over there at 10.45. We did nothing but leave the front of the park and make our way over there. Like, we stopped to grab Starbucks. Yeah, we stopped to make a, a fast pass like with the scooters because they can't go through the standard line. So we stopped to make one of those fast pass. But basically we walked from the front entrance to, to Pandora and it took an hour. Um, so not saying that you'll experience that exact same thing, but plan that accordingly. Be meticulous in your planning. Know where everybody's going. Like Matt said, when he did this, I think he did like a spreadsheet and sort of like an itinerary be here this time, be here this time. I just went as I, as I, so Monday night, I shared the plan for Tuesday, Tuesday night, I shared the plan for Wednesday. Um, cause it was all in my mind and I all knew, you know, I knew all what was going on, but that was, yeah, that, that would be the biggest thing. Make sure that you know what you're doing before you try to plan it. 
or just plan everybody the exact same itinerary because otherwise it's going to be a nightmare and you're going to go crazy trying to orchestrate the herd that you take with you. Well, Peter, thanks a lot for giving us some insight to your trip. Um, check back with us in a couple of weeks. We're going to flip roles as my wife and I are going down and we're going to be going to the first very merry or yeah, the first very merry Christmas party. We're doing some new things down there. We're having an adult trip. So we're going to do food and wine and, and, and really knock out some adult things while we're down there. So um, thanks for listening. If you have any questions, reach out to us on the Facebook page, uh, the Instagram page, through, through our website. There's a lot of ways to contact us now. But thanks again for listening and have a good day. Turn your Disney dream into a magical Disney vacation with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel. Contact us at any of these options or learn more by clicking the website link below.